0: You're listening to Manx Radio, and I'm Judith Lay, welcoming you to the podcast of the Manx Sky at Night with Howard Parkin.
1: Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard.
0: And there it is, the music that says it's time to welcome into the studio Howard Parkin for this month's edition of the Manx Sky at Night. Faster Mai, Howard, welcome. Faster Mai,
2: Judith, it's great to be here again.
0: Well, I've had to cut that music down as short as I reasonably can because we have so much to talk about, there haven't is we? There's so much going on at the moment. There, there really is. So let's dive straight in. And as we usually do, we're going to be having a chat about what we might be able to see in our Manx skies.
2: Absolutely. But we have had some good weather over the last few weeks. And the stars are starting to appear earlier as the nights get um, longer, shorter, sorry. As the, night, the nights get longer, the, the days get the <laughs> other way around. You know what I'm trying to say. But um, one thing you can see at the moment there are three planets in our night sky which, considering only a few months ago, they are all in the morning sky, we've now got Saturn, Jupiter and Mars. Very easy to spot in our night sky. And Jupiter, quite frankly, is unmistakable. You've only got to look towards the southeastern horizon any time after about 10, 11 o'clock, and you will see this very bright object, which is the planet Jupiter. And Jupiter is what we call at opposition, which means it's directly opposite the sun. If you draw a line with Jupiter, the Earth, and the sun in a line... Jupiter will be at that point on the 26th of September. So if you want to know which direction south is, if you haven't got a compass, go outside at midnight on the 26th of September and Jupiter will be due south. That's the definition of opposition. Although I think we've, we we might know which direction south is. To the right of it, but much fainter, we've got the planet Saturn, which if you've got a small telescope or a large of binoculars, you'll be able to see the rings of it, and that is always a stunning sight for anybody. And then over to the other side of Jupiter, towards the horizon, we've got the planet Mars. And Mars is slowly getting bigger and bigger as it approaches opposition, which will reach on the 8th of December. And Mars, very distinctively red, not so much at the moment because it's still some way from opposition when it's at its largest uh, apparent size, uh, but is very red in colour. And of course, a lot of excitement about Mars because all the missions to Mars, all the spacecraft that's going on, which we'll be talking about later. Um, so it's fascinating to be able to see it for yourself from our Manx shores. It certainly is.
0: There's something magical about being able to see a planet. Oh yes I mean the stars are exquisite and beautiful and and that effect that we get where they look like they're raining down out of the oh, sky A clear is clear night is, unbelievable is very very beautiful but there's something mysterious well I think about the planet something well, mysterious
2: the, the word planet is Greek for wanderer because it was realised by the ancient astronomers all those many years ago that these objects wandered across the sky and trying to work out why they did it and how come sometimes they go backwards sometimes they go forward sometimes they're bright sometimes they're faint near the sun away from the sun and that that was the the mystique of the whole problem of what the planets were. And indeed, I don't normally talk about this, but that's where what gave birth to the subject of astrology because they tried to predict where the planets were and they believed there was some ethereal reason for all that. We now know that the planets go round the sun just like we go round the sun and we can predict with a high degree of accuracy where the planets are. But that's where astronomy and astrology came together or were together for a long period of time before they parted company after Copernicus proved that the Earth went round the sun.
0: But you can understand how seeing things, as you say, all of those things, that they randomly Mm, move or seemingly randomly move, that they would look for an interpretation that that fitted. So so some kind of power that
2: was controlling them would seem logical, yeah, wouldn't that's it? that's what it's all about. And uh, we now, as I say, can predict with a high degree of accuracy exactly where they're going to be. So you lose that sort of mystique, but you still get a buzz out of seeing them. As I say, Jupiter at the moment, we had friends around for dinner last night, and as he left, he looked at me and said, oh, there's Venus. I said, no, it's not Venus at all, it's Jupiter. <laughs> so he got, he's, he's a brave
0: person that'll look at the sky and tell you what he can exactly. see. Uh, Venus,
2: yeah. of course, the other one, the other very bright object in our sky is Venus, and that's very clearly seen in the dawn sky at the moment. And it's heading towards the sun and will disappear around the back of the sun uh, in a few months' time. But Venus is also there. But whilst it was joined with all the others in uh, May, June time, it's now on its own uh, in the morning sky. But again, totally unmistakable, as bright as I think it's even brighter than Jupiter. Jupiter, Yeah, but you know, for all that we know, there are still things that happen
0: that surprise people. Images that. Especially now, as we'll be talking about the James Webb telescope, I'm quite sure. I had noticed you were wearing the shirt. Dear listener, (laughs) he's wearing the shirt.
2: Birthday present.
0: I think you're only entitled to wear the JWST shirt if you know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't think it's for anybody.
2: It's the first time it's been on. It's just on for you, Judith. Or for the listeners, of course.
0: For, For the listeners, yeah. Let's get this right. For the listeners. You know, being serious for a moment it's the, the telescope and things like that oh, yeah. that are going to show us images. And we we'll say, well, we didn't actually
2: know it was going
0: to be like as that.
2: Good as that. Well, that's perfect leading. We haven't rehearsed this, listeners, but the latest James Webb image is of the planet Jupiter. And it's an absolutely stunning image of Jupiter. Uh, many years ago, the spacecraft, uh, a number of spacecraft have flown past Jupiter and sent back stunning images of this planet, which is a long way away. This image from the James Webb telescope is as good as any satellite Photograph taken um, of it close up. And it's just a stunning image. The photograph even shows the rings of Jupiter. Now, most people don't understand that Jupiter has also got rings like Saturn. They're very faint, very difficult to see, can't be seen from the Earth, but they can be seen with the James Webb telescope again it just tells you how outstanding this instrument is and how excited we are about the stuff it's going to be giving us but don't you think also that it's going to popularise
0: the whole subject because I noticed when when they did send those photographs back it made national news oh yeah headline news wasn't it 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 was now it's a long time we're used to um, space uh, to rockets making headline news when astronauts go into into orbit and that kind of thing we're used to that making headline news but when images from a telescope start to make it, it's going to bring even more of this into people's consciousness, isn't it? And it's
2: going to get a new generation of astronomers um, Mm. growing up and all the rest. Mm. And the Hubble Space Telescope did that and has continued to do that since 1993 when it was fixed. And now James Webb is taking over from that. And astronomy has become a very popular subject. I noticed watching quiz programs on television, the amount of times there's astronomy questions now. And it's great to have the opportunity to talk to people. I had a a chap visiting our observatory the other day little kid he was only 13 years old and you know I started asking him questions to see how much he knew and he knew most of every question I asked him and I thought wow that was like I was when I was eight and nine mm. whatever age it was and it sticks with you and it's just a fascinating subject and especially with all the other news stories we've got at the moment it's nice to have something that's totally removed from our sort of consciousness about the problems on the earth
0: but that is brilliant because who knows what that young boy might go exactly. on to do, even if even if he just keeps it as a
2: hobby that he really loves, yeah. but he might just make a career out of it. You know, the amount of times I, go, I do talks in schools, as you well know, and I've told you this before, but um, I will say to an assembled group of 50, 60 children, work hard, study hard. One of you could easily end up in space as an astronaut. And they look at each other to say, I'm not going into space. But it is entirely possible. In 30, 40 years' time, the going into space is going to be far more easier than it is now. And um, the children of today, I wouldn't mind betting some children of the Isle of Man will definitely end up in space mm. um, as astronauts sometime in the next 20, 30, 40 years. But look at the programme that we've got on the island that sends young people away to the States oh, to space for the experience school, yeah. of, of being yeah, in space and they, school. They do, and they, they just had um, the report last week, didn't they? Mm. And they did wonderful. They planned a mission to Mars. And the, the intricacies of that, the science, the technology, the social skills, the leadership skills, the management, all this sort of stuff all comes about from... Doing a serious scientific project, which space, of course, is one of many of its in the world, but seems to have the headlines and the um the attraction. But it's it's achievable, it's
0: feasible now. When you were full of enthusiasm as an eight, nine, ten-year-old, there wasn't the opportunity no. to go to the states
2: and study. No, there was nothing. I mean, the dream, even going to the states, was a sort of. I remember the Beatles going to the states. Wow, the Beatles went to the <laughs> states. Now, of course, um, it's it's not difficult to do it, and going into space is going to be something similar in the next few years. But or? but
0: just going to different. countries countries to study and to benefit oh, yes. from their programs and their expertise. That's right. You couldn't, as a young person, come back from that and think, oh, well, yeah, I've done
2: that. Been there, uh, done it's that. Bound mm.
0: to, it's bound to affect what you yeah. do. And, and this is the exciting more and more. thing.
2: and And it is. It's very exciting. And there's so many. I mean, I'm in the situation now. I, I'm trying to keep up to date with what's going on. And I'm struggling myself because there's so many stories going on. It's handy we do this every month because I have to sit there a couple of days beforehand and sort of make a list of what's in the news and what can we talk about in a half-hour programme. Well, listen, just you get all your notes together because 27th of September, you're starting your night school, aren't you? uh, Exactly right. That's another challenge to... Try to keep all the classes up to date and all the information. You can I'm do I've actually it. got two brand new lectures I'm working on at the moment. One on dark skies, which we'll talk about later, and the other one on the Artemis mission, which again we'll talk about later. Uh, right. So I've got two brand new lectures which I'm working on. So well, hopefully they'll be uh, out soon, as they say. So any new students, 27th of September, 27th get yourself... At the College, It's a 12-week course. It lasts right through till March because we don't meet every week. We, we spread it out to... Give us the the seasonal variation of the sky. And uh, so I hope to see people there. If you want to know details, get in touch with the um, University College of Man at Homefield Road, and I'm sure they'll be delighted to send you all the information. Or, of course, you can look on the UCM website, and it's all there under general interest subjects. Right. And
0: so it's Astronomy from the Isle of Man with Howard Parkin, and it it. starts
2: on the 27th of September. Astronomy from the Isle of Man is the official title. Astronomy from the Isle of Man. So let's go back and look up in the sky. Um, Uranus, the first planet to be discovered back in 1761, was discovered by um, in, in the back garden of his house in bath by William Herschel. And it's a telescopic-only planet. And it's just about visible to the naked eye, if you know exactly where to look well. I have arranged, specially for Manx Radio listeners, <laughs> to see the planet Uranus <laughs> on this date, on the 20th, whatever date it is, my piece of paper here. On the here. 14th of on September. On the 14th of September. Look at the moon. You'll need a telescope or you'll need a pair of binoculars but look at the moon at about 17 or 18 minutes past 10 and look at the darkened side of the moon. The moon will be a gibbous phase but the right hand side will still be dark and if you look at 20 past 10 all of a sudden dink a little star will appear from behind the darkened limb of the moon. That is the planet Uranus, what we call a Uranus occultation. The moon goes across. Um, you, it Actually, it goes across it. You'll see Uranus before the moon goes across it. But, of course, it's going to be on the, the, the lit side of the moon, the, the sunlit side of the moon. So the best chance to catch it is on the darkened side of the moon, at the, at the, the, the gibbous phase, as I say, on the dark side, on the right-hand side, at exactly 20 past 10. Give or take a few seconds either way, depending on where you live. Obviously, uh, if you're in London, which I suspect my timings are all for London. So just be aware and look a couple of minutes early. And, you know, it's fascinating to see all of a sudden you stir there. Your eyes are streaming. You're looking. All of a sudden, dink, it appears like a little star. Slightly green in colour, but that's the planet Uranus, which most people never get to see. So here's your chance. And the usual rule applies, don't go out at 17 minutes past 10.
0: Go out at about 10 o'clock and get least. your get night your eyes. Get your eyes
2: attuned to the dark. But you will need, although it is just about visible to the naked eye, the moon will be too bright because it's in that vicinity. Uh, you will need binoculars at least, or if you've got access to a small telescope. And it's not a bad time. Some of these times I tell you about these things that happen at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I see your eyes glaze over Judith. I'm not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, but this one's 20 past 10, so it's quite a good time for us. Yeah,
0: indeed it is. Just on this subject, you often mention a telescope or binoculars. Mm -hmm. Do you have to spend a lot of money on those? Suppose you were you were really keen and you thought, do you know, it would be nice to have a a, um, a pair of binoculars handy, or? Do you, do you have to spend serious money? No, not money? for
2: binoculars. If you want a reasonable pair of binoculars, you get a good pair of binoculars for £50, 100 £200, pound, whatever. And, of course, binoculars have the added advantage, and I always tell people, if you want to do astronomy, first get a pair of binoculars. Now, pair of binoculars, you can look at the boats, you can look at the scenery, you can look at birds, you can look at objects in the distance, and you can do astronomy with them. But if you then find you really want to do astronomy, then you need to go to a telescope and... I often say about a small telescope, small telescopes, frankly, small telescopes are exactly what they are. They're small telescopes. The idea of a telescope is it's a light bucket. It's a bucket that collects light, and the more light you collect, the more you can magnify it, the more you can see. So don't get a small telescope. Invest in a good pair of binoculars and maybe get a better pair of binoculars as your second optical instrument. But then if you're really keen, consider a medium-sized telescope. And Incidentally, we're going to have a trip to the observatory, so I'm going to take Judith to the observatory and show the telescope. We'll do that in a future month. I can talk about telescopes then in a bit of detail. But binoculars, not expensive, great to start off with astronomy. You get the rings of Saturn-proof telescopes. You get the moons of Jupiter. You get Uranus when it's been occulted. Uh, Incidentally, the word occult means covered by the occultation of a object by the moon or any other object. You sometimes get a planet occult another planet. That's very exciting when Venus, for instance, could occult Jupiter or whatever. And that's very exciting, but uh, they're very, very rare. We have a plan.
0: Howard and I have hatched up a little plan and I intend to to go to the observatory because we've heard lots about this. I've never been there. We plan to go to the observatory and record an edition of this programme, Manx Sky at Night, in the observatory and then we're we're hoping to broadcast that. That will be the Manx Sky at Night edition for the end of October. That Sounds good we to me. That, we thought that would be, we'll be into our dark skies yes, then.
2: Yes, the, the clocks will have gone back then and um, lots of dark skies for us.
0: But as somebody who's never been to the observatory, I'm fascinated to see what it's like. I've no idea what it's like really? to be able to make the programme Uh, there to record it and for us to uh, unlock the mysteries of the observatory and I think now you've had all the work done on it and it's reopened,
2: it would be a great opportunity. Well we have and I must give credit to the members of the society and a number of them in particular, I won't embarrass them by naming them But we had to have some repair work done to the observatory. We took the opportunity to completely refurbish lots of it, carpeted the floor. We've got safety lighting in it. We've got the the dome working properly. The telescope's been cleaned. The dome's been cleaned. And it really is looking great. And it's a lot of work gone into it, quite expensive work as well. Um, But um, we're now open for business again. And our next meeting, which is on the first Thursday of September, which is next Thursday, um, non-members are more than welcome to come along. There's a small fee. I think it's £4 to come along. Um, but we're hoping to start doing more activities and more events at the observatory over the coming months. So watch this space, and uh, we'll let you know.
0: Well, again, it's an excellent island resource. It's here for all of us. But these some these things are sometimes they become through nobody's fault the best kept secret don't they yeah. and and so <laughs> you know it, it's good to, to know that it's there and
2: that we can all now it's been completely refurbished that we can we can all enjoy it and we are hoping to do some other open nights in the near future but uh, details of those will be sorted out in the next few months Great, excellent. Right, let's take a little music break, and as we've been
0: talking about the moon and it's covering up things, how about moon shadow? Would that, that sounds good fit to me? Bill? Very perfect, Judith. Perfect. This is Cat Stevens. You're listening to the Manx Sky at Night.
1: As I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, leaping and hopping on a moon. Shadow, moon shadow. And if I ever lose my hands, lose my plow, lose my land. Oh, if I ever lose my hands, oh, I won't have to work no more. And if I ever lose my eyes, if my colors all run dry. Yes, if I ever lose my eyes away I won't have to cry no more Yes, I'm being followed by a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow And if I ever lose my legs. I won't moan and I won't beg. Oh, if I ever lose my legs, oh if I won't have to walk no more. And if I ever lose my mouth, all my teeth, north and south. Yes, if I ever lose my mouth, oh if I won't. it take long to find me? I asked the faithful light. Oh, did it take long to find me? And are you going to stay the night? I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, leaping and hopping on a moon.
0: Stephen's Moonshadow. You're listening to The Manx Sky at Night here on Manx Radio. My studio guest is, as always, the one and only Howard Parkin. And uh, we chose that. We've always got something with either a planet or the moon or something in the title talking about that because um, we've got um, Uranus uh, occulted by the moon on the 14th of September, date for the diary, because Howard has arranged that specially for us (laughs) at at around about 17 minutes past 10 in the evening of the uh, 14th of September. Right. So from the delights of the Manx sky... And frankly, any night that you pop your head out the window or look out of the back door, if it's clear enough, there will be something beautiful to see in the sky, won't there? Absolutely. So from our own skies, let's go to the world
2: of space. And tomorrow is a big day, isn't it? Huge day tomorrow. Go on, why is, is it a huge day? It's a massive day and it'll be all over the newspapers. It's already been advertised quite a bit on the, in the BBC and the ITV and all the rest. But this is the launch tomorrow of the Artemis One mission this is nasa's return to space now let's wind the clock back the space shuttle flew for the last time in 2011 when it finished flying nasa wanted to carry on building their own spacecraft and their own rockets so they set about building the orion spacecraft and the sls launch vehicle in the meantime they they tasked boeing and they tasked spacex to launch astronauts in their rockets up to the space station and that's been going on now for a few years But this is now the rebirth of NASA. This is so mega. This is like the Apollo era all over again. And incidentally, Apollo's sister is called Artemis. That's why it's called Artemis. And what they're doing, they're launching this brand new rocket, the first time, the world's most powerful new rocket, never been launched before. It's launching at half past 12 tomorrow, um, lunchtime. And it's going to take a new Orion spacecraft on board. No men or women on board, but it's going to the moon. It's going to launch from the Earth, go into Earth orbit, then go on to the Moon, which will reach about a week later. It's then going to go around the Moon a few times, then it's going to go out further into deep space, and then it's going to come back to the Moon, and then it's going to come back to the Earth. We anticipate it's going to land back on the Earth about the 3rd of October. So it's it's just over a month. And there's so much going on with this. There's so much that's gone into it. This rocket is ginormous. Um, incidentally, the rockets that power this rocket were built for space shuttles. And they were actually flown on some of the space shuttles, but the engines that the space shuttle had where the the design of the engines for the new S... It's a horrible name, SLS rocket, Space Launch System. Saturn sounds much more exciting, or Mercury, or Redstone, or whatever you want to call it. But this rocket is taking off, as I say, tomorrow at half past 12. And I really can't wait for it, because it's going to be so riveting to watch. And um, for about 8 to 10 minutes tomorrow, lunchtime, it'll be heading up into space and getting into orbit. And then it'll... Depart from the launch vehicle, the rest of the rocket will then be discarded. And the spacecraft, the Orion spacecraft, with the service module built in Europe, partly built in Stevenage in the British Isles, and the European space service module for the Orion spacecraft is going to take it all the way to the moon and back. And then, as I said, the whole thing is going to splash back down in the ocean on the uh, provisionally on the 3rd of October. Unless there's a delay, of course. There could well be a delay because these things always are subject to weather delays or mechanical delays or technical delays. Um, there are a number of launch windows over the next few days, but the first launch window is tomorrow at half past 12, 33 minutes past 12.
0: Yeah, you just anticipated my question there, Howard. I was going to say, is this the first attempt at launching yes. it?
2: Yeah. But they're reasonably confident. Now, there are no men or women on board, and when there are no men and women on board, they, I would say that parameters change. They're still as technical as ever, but they don't have the same um, degree of uh, postponement. It's a known fact that unmanned vehicles always tend to get off uh, more close to the original plan than the, the manned or um, uh, the, the vehicles with the people on board.
0: Yeah, I can well understand that they're going to be super, super cautious oh, yeah. where life human life is involved. But at the same time, they've got to be fairly cautious because they want this thing to, oh, yeah. to stick
2: together. If this does not work, if there is a problem with it, and heaven forbid if there is, but I think it's been rehearsed and checked and everything so much... Um, Dare I say it's like the James Webb telescope, because that was anticipated and everything went like clockwork. I hope this is just as good. But mm. it's sitting there on the pad tonight and it's been fueled and it's all ready or it's going to be fueled tomorrow morning, our time. And then launches just after, I think it's eight o'clock in the morning, half past eight in the morning from Florida. So watch the news and uh, I can't wait to see it. I wonder
0: if the listener like me can detect this, this, this change in your tone of voice, (laughs) Howard, that says
2: I would give anything to be there Oh, I'd love to to be there I was in touch with um, one of the cruisers I involved with, uh, the Viking um, Cruise Company, Mm. and uh, I was privileged I think I've told you this before, but one of the ships is called the Viking Orion, and it's named the Viking Orion not because of the Orion constellation, it's named after the Orion spacecraft So I was talking to them earlier today and um, I said, exciting news, is there any publicity you can do all the passengers on all the Viking ships are going to be watching the launch live in the massive theatre on board the ships. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I wish I was on either in Florida <laughs> or on board one of those ships. <laughs> I'm going to be on the Ben McCree instead. But, uh, hey. Oh, you couldn't do better. Absolutely. You, I'm on a cruise. You could not, you could not no, do I'm better not, than... I'm not on the Ben McCree. I'm on the Manani. I've just are you right. look, 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 get on the
0: right one in the morning it <laughs> uh, <that> would help <laughs> it does it gets your trip off to a good start, howard it certainly will okay, right now we could i 'm sure we could wax lyrical for the rest of the program about that oh um, but uh, but something that that concerns the Isle of Man now yeah. SpaceX to commence direct internet to smartphones next year yeah
2: they are well they 've been launching these SpaceX have been launching these multiple satellites the the Starlink satellites, which upset quite a lot of astronomers, because you get this chain of satellites tracking across the sky, which ruin your photographs if you you know when they're coming, so you don't take pictures then, obviously. Um, but one thing that SpaceX announced about two years ago now, was that they, they are going to build a satellite station um, to service these satellites. These are providing internet access to anybody anywhere on the planet. It's a revolutionary idea to give anyone internet access direct to their smartphone using SpaceX. And he's going to be charging a very low sum of money for it but of course he's going to get millions and millions of customers so it's a huge profit maker for him and what they've done in the British Isles they've built three uh, or they're building I don't know where we're up to with this I've not heard since but it is all kept a bit quiet for commercial reasons and um, there's three there's one in Cornwall there's one in Buckingham and there's one in the Isle of Man so if you imagine a map of the British Isles they're equally space perfect triangle to give the coverage to the satellites to beam the signals and everything else um, to the satellites, and then, of course, down to the people with their smartphones in their hands. So, Manx Connection in the space age, which um, hasn't been talked about much, but uh, if you look online, if you go to Starlink and put in um, UK, it says UK, I'm sorry about that, a UK bases, and it? it shows the middle of the ROC, the Isle of Man.
0: Yeah, which is quite something. And the thing is that internet
2: access is no longer a luxury. It's no, it's so essential. So much it? depends upon it. Yeah. And it'll be faster as well. And believe it or not, I mean, I talk about cruises, but one of the biggest problems of satellite communication is to ships because you think about it, there's yeah. no, they've no means of communicating other than by satellites. Mm. Now, you have a constellation of these satellites, just like your sat-nav system. It's exactly as your sat-nav system, except it's more powerful and you get more more bandwidth and you get more download speeds and all this sort of stuff. Um, And that's been done by um, SpaceX. And Elon Musk, he's got all these ideas and credit to him he he nearly always pulls them off what he's trying to do
0: well this is what it's about the ideas are great but we do need to see it uh, drill down and it sounds next year very accessible now i have to tell you that our managing director is hanging on your every word (laughs) and he has very kindly just emailed in and said that you can watch the launch live and uh, which as you might imagine you could but the link is very very simple
2: it is nasa.gov right well i shall be there with my smartphone Yes. And I'll be watching it. Um, Another thing about Starship is I think Elon Musk might be smarting a little because they're launching SLS tomorrow. World's biggest rocket, bigger than the Saturn V. The next world's biggest rocket after SLS is the Starship. And he's been stacking this in Boca Chica in Texas. And he's going to be launching that very soon. So the SLS will not be the world's biggest rocket for long because his new Starship rocket, which has been delayed and delayed because of FAA regulations and f- all sorts of problems. But they've started putting it all together again. Now They put all the motors on. They've stacked the whole thing together. And that will be launching, I'm guessing, September, October time. So, again, watch this space.
0: But, again, here's something that very, very different in space exploration. Mm-hmm. You don't stay the biggest, fastest first no, for long, do you? No, definitely not. Somebody is snapping at your heels. Yeah and making a new record
2: for you to beat. Absolutely. And the lovely link to this as well is that Star SpaceX are building the lander. The, the Orion spacecraft is going to take them to the moon, and take them to lunar orbit, and they're going to have a lunar space station in orbit around the moon, the gateway, the lunar gateway it's called, and the rocket that's going to take them down to the lunar surface is a derivative of the starship which Elon Musk is building and launching later this year. It's all connected together. Indeed it is. Keeping and, up with it is a and, nightmare. And, and actually what we want is for
0: everybody to keep connected together because that's the way that progress is. is going to be more productive, more economic for everybody instead of people going off and doing their own things. Couldn't agree And wrong. talking of the space race... We have been caught by the time, Mr. Parkinson. We have, unfortunately. So what I would say is that for the September edition of the Manx Sky at Night, you're definitely going to need a paper and pencil because you've got some events to tell us about in September, haven't
2: you? Lots of talks and events coming up. Um, the whole series of lectures I'll be delivering, and there's the pie in the sky at the top of Snayfell at the end of September, all sorts of stuff. So if you're interested in anything to do with space, um, pie in the sky is a good one for the railways, uh, but all sorts of stuff on the website, uh, my own website, and indeed at Manx Radio, we will have them, the details but we'll talk about them in detail in, in um, the September show. As we get into more
0: dark skies, and finally, finally, Dennis Gibney is concerned that did you know that there is a pub for sale on the moon? It's it, it has been mentioned in the Times newspaper. You know, great clientele, good beer. Trouble is, there's absolutely no atmosphere.
2: Judith, I think with that one, I'm going home. <laughs>
0: station